Well, again, Merry Christmas. This is the time to celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ. This is to reflect upon the gift that He gave to us through God's work, through Jesus' work, through the work of the Holy Spirit, where He gives to us a number of gifts. Today we're going to talk about seven gifts. Seven gifts. Let me take you to the first verse. First verse is in Luke chapter 2, verse 40. It says, The child continued to grow and became strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. The grace of God was upon him. That's key. The grace of God was upon the child, Jesus Christ. So when you think of him in the manger, the grace of God was upon him. When you think of him as a little boy, the grace of God was upon him. When you think about him at this point in time, when he was 12, the grace of God was upon him. Probably you could say the same thing was when he was a teenager, the grace of God was upon him. When he was a young adult, the grace of God was upon him. When he was in his ministry, in his 30s, the grace of God was upon him. The only time it seems that the grace of God was not upon him was when he was on the cross between 12 and 3. And the sins of the world came on him, and the world went dark. For that brief moment, he was separated from his father. Separated from his father. And he did it all to show us the grace of God. To show us the grace of God. It's interesting, it talks about the verb there is imperfect. It's talking about continually seen in the life of Jesus Christ. The grace of God was seen in the life of Jesus Christ. Because he was sinless, God's favor was always with him until that point on the cross. From childhood on, he lived in the sunshine of God's blessings. He left us a great example, especially for us being children, that we need to be filled with the grace of God and be a blessing to our parents. But at the same time, the grace of God was given to us Jesus Christ had the grace of God as a child. And that was our first gift. That was the first thing given to us that we can experience the grace of God. Jesus Christ came and He had the grace of God. Let's pray. Father, I ask that You would work in our lives. Father, we want to thank You for sending Your Son, Jesus Christ. We want to thank You, Father, that he was full of the grace of God. All glory goes to you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would please, let's stand up and turn to page 
one. The NES. Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Cyrenius was governor of, of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him, and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good, good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born a, for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men, with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying one to another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. And when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb.
got another verse for you. It's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 9. It talks about Israel's disobedience. If you return to the Lord, your brothers and your sons will find compassion before those who led them captive and will return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious. The Lord your God is gracious. Not only did he send Jesus Christ and the grace of God was upon him, but God himself is gracious. The noun grace that we find all throughout the, the Bible is really used as, a, as an action, as a verb. It, it's how God's grace is seen in his actions, in his essence, he is gracious. The grace of God's the ability to display his love in actions of kindness that are given as gifts to those who do not earn or deserve the gift. In, in neither Old Testament or New Testament do you have grace given to everybody. You only see it given to selective people. And in one case so far, we got Jesus Christ being given the grace of God. The grace of God was upon him. Second person we have now is God the Father. God the Father has the grace of God. So, we find out a couple things about grace. Grace is the eternal characteristic of God, 2 Timothy 1. Grace is absolutely free to the one to whom it's given, Romans 3. God is gracious and is the source of all grace. All comes from God, 1 Peter 5. Peter speaks about God of all grace as your source of comfort and encouragement. And grace is under the sovereign control of God who gives it to who he pleases to give it. Uh, the word grace, the term comes up 147 times in the New Testament. 196 times you have the theme of grace all throughout the Bible. Grace is key to the existence of God and to the existence of us. And you need the grace of God. So let's pray right now. Let's focus on grace and how God is gracious. Father, we want to thank you for being a God who's full of all grace. Your whole essence is grace. Your whole being is grace. Every action you do is gracious. We thank you, Father, for showing this grace to the world through Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. 
And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, the light the light of the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them, and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, the sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Penuel, the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers from night and day. And she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise to the Lord, and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city Nazareth.
So we have Jesus being full of grace. We have God the Father being gracious. Now let's go to another part. Acts 20, verse 24 says, Do I not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, so that I may finish my course, the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus, to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. The gospel of the grace of God. God gives us a gracious message. If you've been touched by the grace of God, if you've been saved, you have the responsibility and the privilege to share the gospel message, to share how you can attain grace. The gospel is God's grace bestowed upon a sinner through redemption. And the gospel is that message on how to receive grace from God. The gospel of God's grace is released Release people from their sin and brings them into a right relationship with God. Salvation is where a sinner who cannot earn or deserve it receives grace. Receives grace. There's another verse in Romans chapter 5. Talks about, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith, into this grace in which we stand. So grace is not only the gospel message, but it's for the person who believes the area that you actually stand in. In other words, you stand in grace. When you are saved and freed from your sins by the work of redemption by Jesus Christ, you stand in grace. And and the tenses are very interesting. Uh, The verb there, we have, and the verb again, we stand, are all in a perfect tense. means permanent, permanent. From a point in time until forever, you will stand in grace. And, And if you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you'll forever stand in grace. Jesus is the means for you to gain grace. Grace is needed to enter into reconciliation with God. The sinner is introduced to God through Jesus Christ and the gospel message of grace. And and it's outstanding. Christ dying on the cross brings you to God's grace. And then a living Savior who's at the right hand of God keeps you in grace forever. Forever. And it's constant forgiveness forever. A couple things about grace. Grace allows a sinner to approach God. Our election is based upon grace, Romans 11. Our calling to salvation is based upon grace, Galatians 1. Our faith is based on grace, Acts 18. Our justification is by grace, Romans 3. Our sanctification is by grace, Philippians 2. And then we're told to grow in grace. 2 Peter 3. Everything is about grace. Once you have been saved, you stand forever in grace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for grace. We thank you, Father, for the message of grace. We thank you, Father, for the gospel of grace and how you change our lives And you move us to be redeemed by your grace. And you move sinners into your grace. And we will stand forever in your grace. Thank you, Father.
In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew reports this account for us. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes and the people together, they inquired of them where Christ was to be born. So they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written with the prophets, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined of them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, Bring back word to me, that I, may, that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there till I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When they, and when he rose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he set forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all the districts from two years old and under according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then it was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, where those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came to the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside to the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in the city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene.
There's another verse I'd like to share with you. It comes from John chapter 1, verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth comes from your advocate. Your advocate is a person who stands up and supports you on your cause or your case or pleads for you. And the advocate you have, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, is Jesus. And through the advocate, you receive grace and you maintain truth. Grace and truth. Grace only comes through Jesus Christ. Grace begins and starts salvation. Grace comes from a gracious God who gives you grace through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the channel of all grace. All grace comes from Him. God is gracious, and His grace is redemption and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. God is gracious and allows a believer to grow in His grace through Jesus Christ. The grace of God allows you to live a life that is righteous. God is gracious, and a believer in grace will not be mastered by sin. You will live a gracious life. Here's another verse for you. Acts chapter 4, verse 33. Uh, And again, it's a historical book, but notice what it says. And with great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and abundant grace was upon them all. In other words, the early church was preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ, grace was upon some of them. No. All of them. All of them. It's almost like a definition of being a Christian. A Christian is somebody who talks about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And by talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you have all grace upon you. God's grace is where you live. God's grace is where you get power. God's grace means doesn't mean you don't have any problems. But it means you have blessing and power to deal with the problems of life. Uh, 170 times Paul connects grace and power with a believer. You have grace. God is gracious. And one believer can experience different amounts of grace. All dependent upon how God works in your life and how you yield to obedience in your life. And and the more you preach about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the more grace you receive. The grace of God allows you to live a life that's powerful even though you're weak. God's power works through your weakness. And everything God does is to get you to live in grace, to grow in grace, to preach about grace. And then that grace makes you powerful. Father, I thank you that you work in our lives through grace. I thank you, Father, that you sent your Son to earth to tell us how to understand grace and truth, so that we can live a powerful life in grace. We thank you, Father, for your grace. 
We thank you, Father, for the gospel of grace. We thank you, Father, for the power of grace. We thank you, Father, for your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Please have a seat. Because i got one more verse to share with you. It's an important verse. Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. The last thing I want to point out about the gift of grace is that it's a gracious salvation that's given as a gift. If you think you can earn or work for grace, that you can do certain things to earn grace, you're wrong. It's a gift. It's like one of the gifts under your Christmas tree. You have gifts under your Christmas tree, right? Not yet? No? Well, you will. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to earn it. It's a gift. And grace is a gift. And what it does is very key. For by grace you have been saved. The word saved there is a verb, perfect tense. From that point in time where God bestows grace upon you, you are saved. You are saved. Through faith. You are saved by the standards of God's grace, the intention of sharing grace of God to everyone who has faith and repents and believes. Faith is the human response to God's gift of grace. We respond in faith. So grace is the objective basis of your salvation. Faith is the subjective basis of your faith. And even faith, the Bible says, is given by God's grace. Philippians 1 verse 29 says, For to you it has been granted by, for God's, for Christ's sake, not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake. You believe in Him. You're granted it. It's a gift given to you. Even faith is. The gift is outside yourselves. All you have to do is receive it. You're not saved by any effort. You're not saved by any work. It's a gift. It's from a gracious God through the gospel message that you can be saved forever. Forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this Christmas season. We thank you, Father, for all the things you do for us. We thank you, Father, for first off being a gracious God. We thank you, Father, that you are the source of grace through your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that through the gospel message, grace can flow. And all we have to do, Father, is to respond in faith. To trust your promise of grace. And even that act of faith is a gift from you. From a gracious God. We thank you, Father. We thank you that we can be saved by your grace. And granted faith by which we believe in the grace of God as a gift. Thank you, Father, for grace. I pray, Father, for anybody in this room who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I pray, for Father, that today they be convicted and accept your gift of grace. I pray, Father, for the person that maybe has been attending church here for years. 
and has never truly accepted the gift of grace. They think going to church earns it, or they deserve it, or it's a paycheck from God. But it is a gift. And I ask, Father, that you'd work in their hearts, that you'd turn them towards the light, turn them towards the gracious God, the source of all light. We thank you, Father, for this work of grace that's seen in our lives. I pray, Father, for every person in this room that we'd be able to stand in grace, strong and firm. That no matter what comes in this life, we will be standing in the grace of God. We thank you, Father, and give you all glory. We ask your blessing upon this Christmas season and for all the activities and parties we'll go to, that you will be exalted, Father, because you are the meaning of the season. We thank you, Father, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, for him dying on a cross and raising again on the third day. We thank you, Father, for grace. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a great, great Christmas. Good job, you guys.